the black and white one is her mom's childhood. Oh, okay. Nice German family that uh, her mom, but when soon after they migrated, they told her, you can't speak German outside of the house because it was after World War II and they were starting to go after the Nazis oh. who had escaped Germany into Argentina and Brazil. Yeah. So it's not an easy time to be a German immigrant. Yep. Especially in that area because there was a lot of them <laughs> hiding out over there, man. Yeah. You know, uh, what was it? I think they caught Mangala there. And, Mangala? Uh, yeah. I don't remember Mangala. Mangala was the a doctor in the... In the, in the uh, concentration camp? Yeah. Oh, he okay. was famous for his, you know, uh, experiments on twins, and, and he literally had the authority of life and death. He would say, you oh. live, you die. You live, you there die. There was a doctor like that on the Japanese side, too, who did a lot of experiments on the yeah. Chinese prisoners. And Joseph Mengele. He was thought it was so ironic that China would not exist today had we not stepped in. Mm -hmm. The rest of Europe wouldn't exist as it is today had the United States. You know, it's funny. I was watching a, a, a thing with... Anna on those uh, those great courses where the, they have the college professors and they do a class that you can watch online. And he was saying that one of the reasons America was on China's side was this book, The Good Earth. And I haven't read it yet, but this is like a, a missionary's kid who wrote a book about their life in China and had this, this sentiment of, you know, they, they felt kind of like they knew a little bit about the Chinese people. The Japanese were still a little bit distant, a little bit cold. And they, when the Japanese invaded, it was like, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie with The End of the Sixth Happiness? The End of the Sixth Happiness? I-N-N, -N, The End of oh, the Sixth Happiness. No. It's an old Ingrid Bergman movie. Mm. Need to watch it. Really great story about this missionary lady that went to China. Oh, okay. And she got rejected by all, you know, at that time period, women couldn't be missionaries. Oh, yeah. Great story. But it, it comes near the end of the story is about when the Japanese began to invade China. And, and based on the true story of what this lady had to do. Oh. And uh, wound up with this orphanage of kids, you wow. know, and uh, yeah. hundreds of them. And an, an, an amazing, amazing story oh. of what she did. And what she did was go and she preached with her life. <laughs> she lived out yeah. her Christianity in front Living of Living the gospel. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's an irony, you know, the rest of the world would be under the oppression of Germany and the, and the rest under the, the oppression of the Japanese had the United States not stepped in and had not God through the United States delivered yeah. so many people. Well, the president then, wasn't going to budge even on Japan. <laughs> He wasn't going to budge, but when he left the country, his secretary of state said, okay, Japan, you can't get any um, any dollars to exchange for oil. So we closed off our currency to them, and then they. it was basically the same as cutting off oil, which was something the president was never going to do because he knew that that would bring them to war. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, then what happens, though, my point I was making is five years later, after the end of World War II, we're fighting the Chinese. 
in Korea. You know, <laughs> yeah. the people who we spent millions and millions of dollars sending equipment there. And then over all the years, how many years have we fought communism as a result of Russia? Had we listened to Patton and gone into Moscow and <laughs> whooped them then? The only problem is communism was, is a satanic ideology. Mm. The same as Nazism, you know, fascism, uh, all the other isms, Marxism. It tells a really you know. good story. It so, tells a story that, that God told through his church. Let's all be equal. Let's all be on the same page. Let's share everything we have and live together. And, and there was that was a popular theme in the United States in that epic, too. They, they would start little communes and try these, these things. But on, a, on a, the level of a nation, what ends up is a good, bo- good old boys club. Everybody yeah. else is, is down. It's because human boots. beings are inherently selfish. <laughs> yeah, you know the the, com, the commune ideology that they say existed in the early church really isn't true, because it came as a result of people selling things that brought the money in to fund this, where you could provide and help others. So yeah. it was as a result of capitalism, the selling of property, that enabled and funded the rest of the ministry. Yeah, not communism like a, an economic philosophy of common, communism, right, but right. living together and when sharing everything. brothers dwell in unity, yeah. God commands a blessing. So if we can dwell in unity as brothers, which does not mean that we agree on every point. We, <laughs> we're going to disagree sometimes, you know, Yeah, because we're human beings, you know. Harold, my friend Harold, you know, here we've been friends for 17 years. And in the 17 years, he's like, you know, there's only one time that you and I have had a disagreement. I said, well, actually, there's been more than that. But what one of you and he, and he well, you disagreed with me on how I handled this part of the business. I still handle it that, day, that way to this day. I said, and I still disagree with you to this day. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you and I can't be friends. Yeah. <clears throat> you just run things a little bit differently than I would. I said, I disagree with what you said the other day. You know, you didn't use me. I wasn't using you. This was a mutual giving. Yeah. And in that sense, it works when if I'm giving to you as my brother in Christ, you're giving to me as my bro- your brother in Christ. We'll disagree on certain issues, but we still recognize we're brothers in Christ. Mm-hmm. And we can come together under Jesus Christ. And that's the way mankind was meant to work. When you start to get into this atmosphere that we experience today, this cynicism and, and selfishness and and locked doors and and trying to put barriers between different groups of people society breaks down absolutely there's no way to anytime you take we go back to an episode anytime you take (laughs) jesus out the equation you finna get the wrong answer you know i was just talking to my son because i was sharing a little bit what we talked about earlier and then i began to see it lay out differently all right, and I give you more of that in a little bit, but I began to see it as an equation written out. Mm. Now, my son, you know, Nathaniel loves that stuff because he's an engineer, so he writes this, you know, F equals X equals <laughs> Y equals P, B, V, D plus X equals Z, you know, and all these other, and he's got to tell you that it's math, and you take it on faith <laughs> that it is math because you can't tell by looking at it. And I said, son, what if it if, if you saw God write out an equation? What would that look like if he wrote out an equation? He's like, wow, that's really interesting. I said, tell you, it takes 66 books for him to write out that equation. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, God, you know, God's the author of the Bible through, is there something like 36 or 46 different writers? He's the author, but the different writers that wrote the 66 books, all right? But through uh, over a 1500 year period, 
and the thread through the book never falters. It remains consistently the same. How could, there's no human beings that could do that. There's no way humanly possible for you to take a 1500 year span and keep all this exactly the same. We as human beings will mess people. Say, oh, well, the Bible was written by men, and they messed it up. No, yeah, they, they did. You're right. They put, they did put pen to paper, but they wasn't the authors. There was someone who told them what to write. You see, when I speak, it's eternal. My spoken word is eternal, and so my, that's the first thing God spoke to me this morning. My spoken word is eternal. Yeah. Therefore, my written word is eternal, because they wrote what I told them to speak, or what they wrote what I spoke to them. Yeah. You see what so I'm you've saying? Got, you've got the, the prophets bringing out the actual word that God spoke, and then you've got the historians telling the the way that history happened from their point of view, and that's what people sometimes take issue with. Well, this wasn't the way this went down, because it, but there is no universal point of view apart from God's. We can try to assume that we can be like God and take universal point of view, but it breaks down, as as you see, with these alternative theories of, of Abraham Lincoln or the founding fathers and well they were actually all these terrible people and they Yeah, well you just reading in a bunch of nonsense, yeah. you know. So there were there were things that some people might take issue with as far as, as what the people were doing, but God had those threads and he was speaking and his word and those prophets is eternal and his words through Jesus are eternal and the words that he inspired Paul to write are eternal. And Paul was writing to the churches and he was writing to some specific situation sometimes. And what he wrote specifically, like him writing to the to the people living in a Roman world where men had all of the power and authority and women weren't allowed to speak in the assembly and saying, I don't allow a woman to speak in, in the church assembly. He's writing to a specific situation, a specific moment of time. It's not that what he was saying was wrong. Is that he's saying, I am not here to try to change society. Well, wait a minute. You just said what Paul wrote was divinely inspired. Yeah. So he's divinely inspired to say, don't let your women speak in church. <laughs> I just think Paul didn't care far enough. Because if you don't want, why just in church? If you tell him to be silent, why just in church? Only that. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, man. You, you, know? can, you can make up a lot of stuff. Here, but, <laughs> you know, but he was saying, we're You not, can turn around and can say what you think you, it says, you know? We're not here to turn society on its head. You know, we're not here to come out and, and, and flaunt this freedom in front of everybody and get known as these crazy people who do these things. You know, not that we're afraid to, like Peter was not afraid to express when God was bringing out something that was kind of crazy in him. But it's not our, our goal to just go out and disrupt society for the sake of disruption. As long as... as they disrupted the society, yeah. but they did so under the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. As it's the same as, with the writing in the book. As long as it doesn't inhibit our worship of God and our sharing God together, we can allow some of these social norms... To remain so that the people who are coming in aren't having, uh, aren't getting their minds blown, or what what is going on here? What these people are, you know, there. You want them to be confronted with the presence of God, not with the strangeness of a social setting. Yeah, they want you want them to be confronted by the power and the presence of God, not confronted by what you think it is, <laughs> not be confronted by you. 
Yeah. Which would lead me to more of what we talked about earlier today, but I kind of want to wait for Eric to get here before I start giving some of this, because you guys are going to like it, see? Because if you see it, if you, this is where I saw it, if you see it, you can see it being set up 1,400 years before the Magi ever show up. Yeah. And if you follow that, you can see that 1,400 years before. When you spoke of the Psalms earlier when we were talking, and David began to speak prophetically through the Psalm. Okay, but we'll get there when we get there. Otherwise, see? otherwise we'll be hitting it yeah. around well, in circles. If I go like this, then, I, then I'm like, then I begin to see the whole thing being written out as an equation. Well, let's start and God, with God was writing it out as an equation that way. Let's start with that timing that Jesus came in. You had the you had the Pharisees who were. You know, the, the Sadducees were more aligned with the Roman powers. They had their cultural norm. And the Pharisees had their ideas that would bring them into rebellion against that, not that long after Jesus died. So there was a small window there where God is like, okay, here, I'm going to plant the seed. When that, um, and, and it wasn't actually the Romans who oppressed them first, it was the Jews. When that oppression happens, it's going to spread out. And that seed is going to become seeds planted in different places of the world. They even think Thomas went to India. So they, who knows how far this seed spread? They have they have uh, ideas about or they uh, stories about these kind of things that could have been could have hit all reached all the way to China or Korea or Japan. It's impossible to tell. But God spread those seeds out far and wide throughout the Roman Empire and beyond. And then we have the record of. Paul speaking to these churches, and he knew, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna plant this at this moment, and planned everything out to where it all comes. Well, so. they their cultural norm, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, <clears throat> they were clearly divided. Simply divided on one thing: the Pharisees believed in life after death; the Sadducees didn't. Yeah, that yeah, was they the all went to the same church, <laughs> same church, you know. Yeah, but they all yeah, under under their they they got so used to listen, living under oppression that that became their cultural norm. It became comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. It became to the whole thing what you alluded to a minute ago, or that there was a, a, a club of good old boys, <laughs> and the good old boys were comfortable with the Roman oppression because they were politically set up. Yeah, they were living comfortable while the rest of the folk were over here, you know, throwing a Boston Tea Party or you whatever. You read know? that story, King Rat? I haven't. So uh, this guy in a in a in internment camp, so he's a prisoner of war, and there in the camp, he's got it all figured out. Like he knows who to talk to, he knows who to steal from, he knows where to give things to get the things he needs, and he's got the whole system. When the is, and then the war ends, and they they let him free, and he just kind of sits there, and he's he has nowhere to go. Like freedom was not in his right. His, cultural norm like his <laughs> he didn't know how to live beyond that see and that's where jesus came in that sense he came to upset their cultural norm because he came to let them know hey you're being deceived you're living a lie you're being set free <laughs> yeah there is freedom out there. i come to give you life and life abundantly i come to give it to you freely all you got to do is receive it just like the guy in the prison of the war camp once they open the gate hey you can go yeah but he sits right to go uh, 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 uh. because jesus opened the gates and they're like what are you doing? You can't open the gates. Yeah, it's, it's all gonna, of our people that we rule over are going to go out. Exactly. <laughs> See, and now our position. And you look at Pilate said it, Pilate was. It was said he knew. He knew they did it because of jealousy. Pilate wasn't no dummy. You know, he was trying to play within the rules. 
Let me just wash my hands so I ain't getting in no trouble with the Roman government and I'll have no hassle with the Jewish people over here. I'm just trying to get out the hassle, man. I don't <laughs> care which Jew I kill. I'll kill Barabbas or I'll kill Jew. Don't matter to me none. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? What, what, all that matters to me is like just, you know, don't make it tough on me, boys. I got a, I got enough headaches, you know. <laughs> My wife over here coming to me with dreams saying, don't mess with this guy. You know, he's a righteous man. And then I got the Roman government coming down on me because mm -hmm. the Jewish people don't ever behave, you know. And the Jewish <laughs> people are coming down on me because they're jealous of this guy right here, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to get everybody off my cloud, you know. <laughs> you know, so if... Yeah, there are cool moments, but, but see, now look at man. Uh, once again, he came to, to upset the norm, but not because of some human perspective. He didn't do it with some religious perspective. He came in the power of the Holy Spirit. When you and I come together in, in, in Jesus Christ, as brothers in the unity of the faith, it says God commands a blessing. Well, I'm going to tell you what, brother. If he commands it, the blessing don't get no choice. <laughs> <laughs> the blessing is going to come. Yeah. We may not, we don't know what that blessing will look like. But what if it looks like, and they gathered together in one room, and it came from like the mighty Russian wind. They couldn't have said it, it sounded like a freight train because <laughs> they didn't have no freight trains yet. You see what I'm saying? And it sat upon each of them tongues, languages. The tongues is what tongues mean, languages of fire. All right. Now, what about, what if I thought about this today? What if the they were languages of fire? Fire represents that he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and power. So what if they're languages of power that were upon each of these and it was coming out their mouth? Now, watch this. They all said, we hear them speaking in our own dialect perfectly. And they're telling us the amazing things of God. I bet you that them folk weren't just hearing it, but they could feel the power. And they're like, man, I don't know what it is, but there's power coming when they're talking in my language. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And it's power to set you free when you don't even know you need to be set free. You see the King of Rats thing. I never read the book, but I like the sound of the story. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Then again, and Peter stands up being full of the Holy Spirit, being full of the Holy Ghost. Peter didn't stand up in his own. He done enough of that and made a mess on his own. He done figured that out. You see what I'm saying? If you and I can come together as brothers in Christ and disagree in some things, but agree that Jesus is who he said he was. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, let me rephrase that. Jesus is who he said he is. <laughs> Not was, he is. I am that I am. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. If you the beginning and the end, that means you the middle too. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? If we can come together in that and then we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you and flow through me mm -hmm. so that when people come into that church building, they're not just encountering one brother. They're not encountering a brother in a suit and a tie, not very often in Alaska. They're not encountering a brother up there dressed up a little nicer and a brother over here in a do-rag and tattoos. Mm -hmm. But they're coming in, they encounter the Holy Spirit. Now they've got the power mm -hmm. that they're coming into. You see what I'm saying? And he goes, man, there's something about that that changes me. And I want that. Yeah. Whatever it is that's on them boys right there, whatever it is that's on them ladies right there, that's what I want in my life. Mm -hmm. I don't need no more religion. Yeah. You got plenty of that all over the place. You just go down Marydale <laughs> or Binkley, whichever one it is. You know, you that's Church Row. 
You got here. You got a hospital and church down here. Hospital here, and then church and church and church. Boy, you can either get prayed for as you're going into the hospital, <laughs> or you can get prayed for as you checking out. <laughs> One way or the other, you know what I'm saying? They hold your service down at the other end of the street. You know, <laughs> depending on what religion you are. We can go back to uh, Paul and and the women. Is like another way wait to a minute, interpret wait a minute. that. Where's your wife? Is she out of earshot? Because if yeah, we start going, no. that's your... Okay. <laughs> but you but then, because, no problem, because if she does, because I'm, I'm just pointing at you. I'm t- I didn't say nothing, Naylor. The man over here was running his mouth. No. <laughs> you didn't even interpret so that. So much for brothers in unity. <laughs> <laughs> brothers in unity until the bus comes. Somebody's, somebody's going Somebody's under. going under. <laughs> you could even go back and interpret that uh, yet another way. It's like you don't have to do things to try to attract people or to make this difference. Oh, there's women talking over there. You know, let's start a women's movement. It's like we don't we don't have to base what we're going to do on what on current events and what attracts people these days. What does a cool church look like these days? Let's make everything dark, put some flashy lights, and get everything set up that way. It's like what what is the spirit saying? You know, I was, just, I was studying the cell this week for what I'm going to preach on, and it's like the cell has this centrosome. It sits right in front of the, the nucleus. And the centrosome is kind of, is the center of the cell and is setting up the structure of the cell. But the structure of the cell is alive. It's not bones that you set the structure in. Mm-hmm. And, and the church is supposed to be malleable. Not that... We just do anything based on what we think the church needs, but that the spirit speaks. The uh, epigenetics is the different way that the DNA is rolled up, and then when the when the message comes, that would be like the spirit speaking to the cell. When the message comes, it unrolls one part of the DNA and rolls up another part. And it's like, okay, now you guys are going to read this, and this is what you're going to express in that cell. And then the situation of the cell responding to the word, not to what it what the cell decides that it might need, builds the structure out so that everything in the cell can function in harmony with the other cells around it, the wider church, which we might not even be talking to physically, but if the same spirit is talking to each of us, then we are all working in unity as cells making up that organ. Yeah. And the so the structure has to be malleable. To where the spirit can speak to us and he's like, okay, you guys are going to do this. Wait, God, that's that's a crazy thing. Or, you're, or, or that's too conservative for us. Where, but he's like, this is what you're going to do right now. And then he walks you through it. And then when you get to the other side, he's like, okay, now we're going to adjust the structure a little bit. Wait, God, this is, we just got this part down. We got to just keep on this path and keep going because it's working. No, the structure, <laughs> the structure needs to change to this direction because we're heading here. You don't know because I'm the brain. None of you guys are the brain. You receive the signals from the brain and you respond. <laughs> when they, you know, when they had the pillar by a cloud by day and a fire by night, and someday the cloud and the fire would just camp and stay there for a long while. <laughs> but all of a sudden, the cloud got up and moved. 
And some folk are like, well, hey, that's got a little ice cream stand going over here. You know, yeah. I, I got a kosher pickle stand I going. I got a nice cellar under my tent. Yeah, you know. And- <laughs> I'm good. What do you mean we got to And he's like, hey. And you know that cloud never did wait for them. When the cloud started moving, they said, y'all better move. Yeah. Or you finna stay back here in the desert all by yourself. <laughs> you know, so when the cloud moves, so the, and yeah, you're right. We have to be uh, not rigid, but malleable and, and, and open-hearted enough. To say, all right, God, I'm going to go where you want to go. I'm going to follow you in this Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's going to look a little weird. You know, it looked weird to Peter when a sheet came down. <laughs> Rise, kill, and eat, Pete. Whack them and stack them, boy. You know? <laughs> and Pete said, not so, Lord. Yeah. Even after being full of the Holy Spirit, he still argued with Jesus on the sheet thing. He goes, I ain't never had nothing but kosher food, you know? Three times, and finally Jesus had to tell him, boy, don't call unclean what I've called clean. Yeah. And he goes, now there's some Gentiles at the door. Go with them. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? It didn't look right to yeah. Peter. Man, it did not, in that case right there, it did not fit his cultural norm because he was kosher. He ain't never had no non-kosher food. But God was using that to save Pete. It's not about the food, boy. <laughs> it's about what I call clean and yeah. who I call clean. Don't get so rigid that you think that yours is the only way. That's where a lot of churches miss it, dude. See, they get to thinking our way is the only right way. Yeah. And that's where you get lost sometimes, I think. And as human beings, we struggle with that. Mm-hmm. You know, especially as men, we, we like want to be rules, right. Especially when they conform, when they confirm us. Yeah, there you go. We like the rules when it confirms <laughs> us. You know, as men, you want to be right about it. You don't want to be, you know... Doing things crazy, man. You want it to be make sense, and if you're a mechanic like me, you know, or a carpenter, it's got to, It's all analytical. You analyze you the uh, the numbers. You build it. You know, the internal combustion happens a certain way. If I don't have air, but I got fuel, and I don't got and I got spark, then the air is the problem, and I can analyze that. See, I can isolate and eliminate. But God's like, no, you can't analyze me. <laughs> See, when I write an equation, it's way out there. When I speak a word, it's living. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't never change. When God said, let there be light, light's still getting to be. You know? That didn't stop. It's a shame in his written word. 